like I love 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 when people share that feedback like you just shared and the thing is like we live in a world where it's not always um, people aren't always as forthcoming with that feedback whether they feel it or don't feel it like to hear people say it I think is something that's very important to do like you just said so I, that means a lot so I appreciate that oh you're very welcome yeah absolutely yeah man uh, and yeah. also do you go by Chordmaster? is that what I should call you or what, what's your what's your first name it's Kevin. You can call me Kevin. Okay, cool. Yeah, you can call me Kevin. I wonder if that's a good question. I wonder if um, on the stream, I'll have to figure it out. Um, like on these interviews, if I should have just my regular name, which is what I prefer to. Pref I mean, it doesn't matter. You can call me okay. whatever. But that's why I was curious. I, I didn't know if you preferred Cord Master or Kevin. I got so, I got Kevin you. Master. No, I, I, I mean, we could just, you know. See, I kind of like that actually. <laughs> I kind of like Kevin that. Master. My, my 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 wife and I are expecting our first child in a few months. Super excited. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. So, so we we also have like a lot of people in our friend group that um, that have recently had um, have babies, and so having a chance to visit them and stuff like that. I'm like, hey, you know, hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm I'm Uncle Corbaster, half joking, <laughs> half serious. You know, yeah. my wife is like, no, no, you are not gonna tell them that that is your name. So they're gonna literally start growing up and calling you. I'm like, you know what? That's that's actually that's actually what I'm what I'm hoping for here. So that's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's kind of dope. <laughs> it's pretty. It's unique. It's unique. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You where did, where did the name originate from? Cord master. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. Oh. I was just about to tell you. Awesome, oh yeah, please, man. please. Yeah, nah. It, it um it, it it came about from when I shortly after I started my content creation journey. I um and I'll just let you know in case you ever see me get blurry a little bit, don't worry about it because like it's recording locally for both of us, so we're gonna get like the high def gotcha. version on the cool, on cool, post. cool. Um, but yeah, man, I, I started doing stuff on the piano and, and sharing it on, on Instagram and I was kind of doing it regularly, probably a year to a year and a half ago when I first started and someone who I never met before, but who follows me, um, was like the chord master is added again and spelled it mm. the regular word chord, C-H-O-R-D yeah. space master. And I was like, huh. I was like, if I ever take this thing really serious, I was like, you know what? I'm I really like that, and I, and I, I had the idea right away, like the K, because my name is Kevin. I was like, I had the idea right away, but it was interesting too because a while ago, I think uh, my mom and I were at the beach, and um, we went for like a walk on the boardwalk, and I was actually using this thing, which is so dope. I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit about this thing later. It's, it's oh, the most cool. incredible piece I'm of hardware. Yeah. Oh, it's it's super. We're we gonna we're gonna we're gonna geek out a little bit about some gear about Hell the Roman yeah. Phantom, all that good stuff. Yes, please. Um, but I, I told the woman that my Instagram account was, uh, who, uh, so we met a woman who saw me using this on the beach and she was like so curious about it. I was like playing house music and DJing kind of thing on it. Yeah. And and I we ended up talking. So I told her my Instagram name was Chordmaster with the K. And then she was like, oh, she's like, oh, so I'm curious, like, like why, why, why the K? Like, what's the K about kind of thing? Not like, not like, she was more inquisitive, not like disrespectful, like more just, sure. you know, curious. But at that moment, I was like, damn, I was like, why did I put the K? I was like, oh, yeah, well, obviously, she doesn't know my name is Kevin. Like, anyone who knows my name is Kevin will know that immediately. I was like, yeah. and I explained it to her, and she's like, okay, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying. Like, that perfect. does make more sense e even for me. So it kind of is a hybrid at the end of the day. It's Kevin mm -hmm. with Chordmaster, and, it, and it's unique. So That's that exactly does make right, sense man. now. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about your artistry, man. I, I was driving mm -hmm. home, getting some pizza just now for my wife. Ooh, and nice. yeah, some good some good pizza, man. And I'm like, let me just hop on Twitch real quick. And I see you on there. I, I know we're obviously chatting later. So I'm like, let me go in there. And it seems like every time I go on your stream, for the most part, except for one time where you were actually doing a live loop, which was dope in its own, in its own right. I've only seen one of those one time. But every time I, like most of the time I go in there, you're just playing the piano. You're playing some beautiful, amazing video game music. And that's, mm. I love it so much. You were playing Tizanikin today. Mm. 
and it was just so dope. And I want to talk to, I want to like start off with that a little bit and, and kind of talk to you a little bit about sort of, and we're going to get into like your background a little bit more and stuff, but like when, when you, when did you start streaming? Like walk me through a little bit about that journey. Like your first, you know, leading up into your first stream, like what was going on in your mind and like what time frame was that? Sure. Uh, I started streaming three years ago, uh, 2018. I think it was July. I had my first stream. I was living in Nashville at the time, uh, and I actually had a friend. So I've been doing YouTube for a while, but I hadn't ventured over into Twitch. I didn't really know much about Twitch. Um, but one thing that I found that I was, that I missed about YouTube that was sort of lacking for me was the interactivity. You know, I Mm. I love editing and I love making videos, but at the time, most of my YouTube videos were performance-based. So, you know, camera set up on the side or like at the keyboard. Um, So no real, I I was finding that I really wanted to like interject my personality into my videos. And I found that a little difficult to do with piano performance videos, you know? Sure. sure. So a friend had recommended Twitch. I think they were streaming on Twitch a little bit too. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, let me, let me check this out. And so I logged on and I saw that it was like a whole different world, similar to YouTube, a lot, a lot smaller, but a whole world nonetheless. And I was like, yeah, let me let me give this a try. So I just set up at the time. I um, I don't remember if I had the Kronos, but just a janky webcam. You know, that's all you need. You don't need crazy yeah. gear at all. Um, yeah. Just the bare minimum will do fine. You know, uh, over time, you can upgrade your gear and we'll I'm sure we'll get into that. But uh, so I just yeah. kind of turned on the stream. I just made an account, started streaming. Um, and I had a couple people watching because I was fortunate to have a little bit of a presence on YouTube. So I did have a couple people watching uh, on mm-hmm. Twitch. I think I had like five viewers, uh, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was very fulfilling immediately because I was able to like talk to people live, you know, get mm. feedback. And, and that was something that I really found was missing for me in YouTube videos. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. That was 2018. And then since then I've been pretty consistent, more, more or less, <laughs> more mm-hmm. or less, uh, mm-hmm. more consistent mm-hmm. in the past year or two. Um, and yeah, been finding, you know, upgrading the gear, upgrading the stream as, as time goes on, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been an absolute thrill. It's been a blast streaming on Twitch. That's that, that was going to be the next thing I want to talk about, about like what, what it's meant to you so far. Like, I feel as though many people that I've spoken to so far, and then even, you know, myself being a, a very much a new streamer on Twitch specifically, I think that like, if if streaming, if being live and, you know, specifically with, with musicians like us, if being live and being able to interact in real time and joke as you do and showcase your talent and, you know, inspire others and do all these things is something that is like, that is like fun for you as it is, as you just mentioned, it's like, it's, it's what's important in terms of like having you want to keep continuing on with the journey, right? Like you have to enjoy it more than anything else. Otherwise it's, you're not going to be able to be consistent with it. Right. I think so. I could not agree more. I think it's all about having the passion first, you know, yeah. and not worrying about anything like money or or numbers. Please don't worry about numbers for anyone watching. Mm. Like it's just not it's a recipe for disaster. You know, you have to you have to have a foundation of passion and love mm-hmm. for what you do because a lot of times, most times there are exceptions, but for the most part in my experience, it takes a long time to build like a presence on these platforms. Mm. It just yeah. does. You know, um, the algorithm on YouTube picks and chooses. There's no algorithm on Twitch, basically, you know, so it's, it's mm-hmm. very difficult. So I think it can be yep. very easy to get discouraged if you're too focused on the numbers and if the passion's not there. 
So I think if the passion's there and you really love what you do, you won't care as much about the numbers. And on the flip side, if you do start to grow, you still won't care too much about the numbers, which I think is equally as important. Mm-hmm. That's spot on, man. And a, a major part of what you do too, and this is something that, that you know, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure I found out about you on Twitch before checking your YouTube channel and seeing that um, what I think is amazing uh, about what you do is you have two, you know, I'll say totally different, but yeah, very, very unique. Obviously, they're both music-based, but like different types of content that live on your Twitch channel um, that you do performing your Twitch channel versus um, what you do on YouTube with Omglee, is that how it's pronounced? Uh, Omegle. 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 I think. Omegle. I believe. Okay. Some people okay. call it Omegle, but I, th- okay. I think it's Omegle. I think it's Omegle. We're going we gonna to go with Omegle. We're going to go with Omegle. Yeah. Let's do it. I, Let's I, just, think, yeah. I think it's fantastic, man. That, that whole um, interacting with random people and like utilizing your skill set of, of being able to just wow people, right, with, with your skills on the keys and, and the reactions of people. Like, that is something that people love seeing that. I love watching. I love seeing the reactions and stuff like that. So walk me through a little bit. It sounded like you had your YouTube channel and then you sort of segued into into Twitch streaming. And then was it once you kind of started with streaming on Twitch that you began the Omegle sort of part uh, function on your YouTube uh, content strategy? Sure. So I actually... before. I think it was before Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had collaborated with a friend of mine, Marcus Veltry, who's a YouTuber, and he does mm-hmm. Omegle content. And so mm-hmm. I've done a couple of videos with him beforehand. Um, okay. And I never really considered doing it on my channel um, for whatever reason. I just didn't really consider it. You know, it was, it was sort of something that I collaborated with him on his channel, a couple of videos. It was a blast, had a great time. And yeah. then I just sort of, sort of moved on. You know, my, I had some other focuses at the time. Um, and then when I started Twitch, maybe a year after Twitch, I forget, I uploaded my first Omegle video maybe about a year ago. Okay. And yeah. just to try it out, just to try it out, I had gotten um, the Kronos all set up. I think I made my first Omegle video like once I moved. I live in Colorado now. So once I oh, got nice. here, I was like, you know what, let's just, let's just try to record an Omegle video. Why not? See yeah. what happens. Yeah. And I had an absolute blast. It was so much uh-huh. fun. Uh, it, it was so cool because, you know, I, I bridged the gap between the issue I was talking about earlier with YouTube where I didn't, I didn't really have any interactivity with people, with performances. Mm-hmm. So this sort of filled that gap where not only am I making a video, but I get to talk to awesome people about music mm-hmm. and just play for them, take requests, have silly banter, improv conversations, yeah. you know, all things that yeah. I really, really love uh, that previously I, I didn't really have on YouTube. So that was really awesome. And then... Um, couple months went by after that I, I hadn't made another omegle video and then as i started upgrading my gear on twitch you know i got the mm-hmm. chronos and i got my rc loop station uh, i yeah. got a new computer i got a, a pc because mac mm-hmm. was not a good time for streaming to say the least <laughs> okay eventually gotcha. got a new no, camera no. so my, as my gear was upgrading for twitch i was like man maybe maybe it would be cool to do another Omegle video, you know? The mm-hmm. problem that I had with the first video was that it took a very long time to, like, make an overlay and do all this sorts of stuff. So I, I took some time mm-hmm. and made an overlay, got the overlay built into OBS now so that when mm-hmm. I record a video, I, I could start recording in, like, five minutes. It's very, very mm-hmm. fast, you know? So yeah. I'm really into, like, efficiency and, and sort of expediting that process to just be get the creativity out of the way, uh, oh, I'm sorry, get everything except for the creativity out of the way so that you yeah. can be creative, focus on editing, and then getting it up. I don't really want to spend hours like finagling with you know, certain 
other parameters like it just it's just it was really hard for the first couple of videos so as i started mm-hmm. to get things in into shape with that and getting templates you know things like that to speed up the process became easier and easier and i was more encouraged to try to output more omega videos which is where i'm at now it's awesome man it, it's it's hilarious it's yeah it's it's just it's super entertaining and like for me especially like it is is combining the two of the things that I love the most. Like I love obviously music and specifically keyboard and piano based music. And then I also like the type of humor that I, that I find just that I love. And I, I actually do it all the time, all the time when I'm out and about, which is like doing things um, that are maybe somewhat outlandish or something a little bit strange, like to get like reactions and seeing what the reaction is going to be. And it doesn't even need to be anything like it's it's one of those examples of you know walking walking somewhere me and me and my wife walk in or whatever and then like right as another couple or someone else is walking by us like I'll just just say something like a couple of words where it seems as though like they're like what the hell could they be talk, possibly talking about that this is what just came out of his mouth um I can't even think of one but I, I think you know what I'm trying what I'm saying like some random some random outlandish type thing um so yeah so seeing like the people's reactions and stuff like that is super dope so. Um, if I were to ask, I guess at, at a very high level for someone out there who um, is interested in maybe exploring, may, perhaps someone that can play by air, they're interested in exploring. Maybe their name is Courtmaster. Maybe their name is not Courtmaster, but they want to know like about the setup. Like how, like you, if you could walk through like a high level, how is that sort of um, set up for you to be able to record with someone where you can hear them and you can play on your piano and they can hear you. Is it all through like just straight up audio interface or is it something that's overly complicated? No, it, it seems complicated. And it, I thought it was when I first started setting it up, but uh, yeah. for anybody interested, like perhaps named Kevin, we'll just, we'll just say for a Kevin out there. Um, right. It's pretty simple. I use my RC loop station as my audio input. So I have my keyboard, my Kronos plugged in stereo out, into the uh, loop station. I also have my mm-hmm. microphone going into the loop station as well. Right. And then I have my loop station just plugged into my computer. So when I go on Omegle, uh, it gives you an option for your camera and your audio input. So I set the input mm-hmm. to the RC, which captures yeah. everything. And yeah. I set the video to my Sony a6600. And that's, that's pretty much it. And then it just that works. It, so yeah. for me, the, the key was the loop station because previously, before I had that, I was having an issue where you can only have one input. So mm. it, for me, it was either the keyboard or the microphone. I couldn't have both, right. you know? Right. So when I was that on my sense. Mac, I had to make an aggregate device, which is like a digital, kind of a combination of both. So you make yeah. an aggregate device, connect the Kronos and the microphone digitally, and then you would choose that. But it, it was so yeah. much easier once I got the loop station. So yeah, pretty simple. That's dope. So let me let me talk to you about about the Chronos. Actually, Chronos is actually um, you've of course heard heard of Chrono Trigger. I'm pretty yes. sure you know about the game. That's like one of my favorite. That that game is so that game is so good, man. The music in that game is incredible, wasn't it? I'm more familiar with the music than the gameplay. But yes, okay. the music is gotcha. incredible. Absolutely, yeah. Straight up dream team of like you know developers and art design and and the and the composers and stuff. I actually watched like a probably like an hour long or like 30 minute long. Um, there's a YouTube channel. I forget the name. It might be Game Historian or maybe some other account. I forget the name. But this guy did just an incredible um, documentary on the making of that game, which for oh, cool. me, I was just blown away by it because I knew yeah. a lot had to go into anything that's that's like iconic like that. 
Um, sure. But I didn't know anything about it. And then just all the stuff that had to happen, I was like, I was blown. I'll message you later if you remind me to, because I won't remember actually yeah, at all. Yeah. But you hit me up, and I'll definitely hit you up on that. Um, yeah, that'd be great. But I was going to say about about Kronos is that, um, yeah, s- side note about the K thing. When I was uh, in high school working with a, a buddy, a two friends of mine, one of which is a, is a producer and rapper, and the other person was managing him, and we were all friends. And I was um, so, sort of getting into production at that time, so I had to come up with a name. And yeah. what do you think the name is that I came up with then? Was it uh, was it Kronos with a K? <laughs> yes, exactly. Really? That's Wait, exactly so you... right. Yes, oh, that's wow. exactly it. It was Kronos with a K because I love the game so much, and I was like, well, I'm yeah. Kevin, so I have to switch up a little bit. And then nothing yeah. really, you know, just whatever. Nothing really came out. Came out from that. Um, but so tell tell me about that keyboard a little bit. Are you well? First, sure. first of all, before we talk about that, are you someone who um, do you feel as though you are oftentimes yearning or wanting um, new equipment or different equipment? Like when you see someone post about it on social media or something like that, or are you kind of like, I got things that work well here and like I'm good with it. Like, how, yeah. what side of the fence are you kind of on there? Sure. Well, actually, I had a quick question for you. Was was your Kronos name before the Kronos was out, or had the, was the Cord Kronos already out before that? Oh, it was either it was definitely before I knew about it, and this was okay. this was maybe I don't remember exactly when it came out. So I, it was like fifteen years ago or so at okay. least. So I think maybe it wasn't out, this. man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So they kind of ripped you off. Like the the head the head guy at Korg was like in the bushes looking in as you guys were coming up with the name. Like, hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I thought I saw someone over there too. That was yeah, right, right. Crazy. Yeah, just didn't think anything of it. Just a bystander. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so to answer your question though about the gear. Um, I typically, I'll sometimes, you know, it's tough with gear, man, because you always want new gear. Yeah. Like I have a list of like VSTs and gear that I'm like, this would be sick. But Mm. I I think that for me, I've made mistakes in the past where I've gotten too much gear at once and I'm overwhelmed Mm -hmm. by it. And then you don't really, I don't really learn all, like everything about each piece of gear, you know? So for me, that, that was an issue. If I got like, for example, if I bought three VSTs in one day, it would be so much that I would just sort of like skim the surface of each one, you know, and that yeah. sort of translated over to like hardware as well. You know what I mean? So I started being a little more careful with that. And, you know, finances helped with the moderation as well. Um, yeah, sure. So for me, the way that I've done things uh, in the past few years is I only upgrade when I really need to. And it's mm. not very often, you know, it's only when I start to I find that the longer I have certain pieces of gear, you start mm-hmm. to outgrow it. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. like either my loop station or like a certain VST, like just as an example, when I was in college, I bought an East West orchestral library for strings, woodwinds and brass. And they, mm-hmm. they were good. They were cheap. They were pretty good. They and then as the years went on, you start realizing you start like noticing the faults, like the things that are mm-hmm. kind of crummy about it. And yeah. also new VSTs come out that are just much better. And the price point comes down. So for yeah. me, when I hit that certain point where if it starts slowing me down on a project, then I'm like, okay, I should probably upgrade. You know, not mm-hmm. only am I outgrowing this VST, but it's actually slowing me down on a professional project that that could save me time. So then mm-hmm. I, I deem it worthwhile to invest in an upgrade, but not usually before then. Not usually before. And I, I love the way you said that too. It's something that you didn't necessarily know straight away it was something that you've learned over time you kind of pay close attention to how you felt when you had too much gear and maybe sometimes like as creatives it's um it's not it's it can be overwhelming when you have too much stuff 
And to your point, like being able to learn something up to a point where you're like, okay, this is doing exactly what I needed to do. It, it's still pushing me creatively, et cetera. But like you said, you know, when there's a time where you feel, where you truly know that, okay, yeah, um, upgrading to this is going to allow me to do X, Y, and Z. And not just like trivially thinking, because I'm, I'm asking that question because that's something that I kind of um, have dealt with certainly in the past. And I'm also right now sort of, like turn like like turning the corner or I've just turned the corner recently in terms of realizing that and the amount of fun that I'm having now having less gear um yeah. and learning the stuff that I have like I I spent you, you know, we know about the phantom I know you and I chatted about it so I, I had the phantom 6 um pretty much once it was unveiled I was like I need to get that I'm going to I'm going to buy that keyboard I was in the market for one and everything yeah. so I bought that completely changed everything for me absolutely loved it I think I mentioned to you um, maybe in the past that I was selling it because yes. I wanted the 88 key version because anytime I was on those keys, I was like, I love this keyboard so much, but I need to be on a way to key bed as a piano player. I need, 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 need to do that. So ultimately I was like, all right, this is like my, like sort of my content creation journey and like it's a pretty significant win for me um, in terms of using some connections that I've made at Roland over the past several um, months of posting content, making tutorials, etc., and so I was. I'm able. I am able to get an 88 key um, for a great, a great rate, an artist discount, which I want to nice. talk to you about later because you know, we'll we'll, we'll talk about it. like whenever that time is for you. Like I'll we'll we'll talk. Cool. Um, but yeah, for sure. But so I so I was like, all right, I need to sell the six. Obviously, I don't want to have two keyboards sitting around. That would be like crazy. I have two phantoms in my house. Like, what kind of what is, what is this nonsense here? You know, I, right, I can't exactly. have that. You're just you're exactly. just boasting at this point. It, exactly. I mean, certainly, I would do some kind of picture where both of them are like vertical, and it's like me in the in the middle, like leaning against a wall, like sunglasses yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I'll probably yeah. do that. You know. Um, but so so I so I ended up putting it on reverb, the six on reverb, and the eight is not going to be available until July or so. So I knew that it was like back order because of supply chain and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I was still like I still know I need to sell the six, and I didn't necessarily at the time want to be without a Phantom for that long. But someone ended up putting a good deal in. I ended up selling it, ended up shipping it out, and the guy is mad cool. Like sent me like a really nice you know really nice email and stuff. But in the process of like backing it up. And 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 moving all my audio files, and I've made such just I you know believe incredible sounding soundscapes and music on there. Um, I I moved all I did a couple live streams and moved all that music onto my iPad where I do a lot of other music production and manipulating cool. music and stuff. And I just remember that first stream after not having the Phantom anymore, and even during that time when I was getting ready to sell it. I was just like, it was like a somewhat emotional that I was like detaching from this keyboard that I love so much for sure. But then it was also, I was so, so excited about not having the Phantom for a certain period of time. So I can kind of regroup and reset and start using some of the other gear and kind of just be a little bit more simplistic about it. Mm. And these past several weeks have just been like, wow, like this is fun. This is like fun. Yeah. Nothing is getting in the way of the creativity. So yeah, it's been it's an like interesting journey. It's like refreshing and you sort of in a way get back to your roots without something like the Phantom, you know, and I, mm. I always felt that uh, oddly enough, you're forced to be more creative with less gear. You know, sometimes mm. when you have an incredible piece, of, especially when you're first starting out, like if you mm -hmm. have something like the Kronos, it's really overwhelming and it can actually like hinder your creativity. You know, mm -hmm. when I first started playing piano, um, my dad, maybe about a year after I was playing, was able to get me a Korg Triton. 
which oh, is wow. okay. uh, kind of like the predecessor of the uh, the Kronos. Yeah. And it was way too much. It was way too much. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, and I was just, like I was saying earlier, just kind of skimming the surface. Yeah. And uh, oddly enough, when I got a Casio instead, when I first started, I found that mm. I was much more creative, oddly mm-hmm. enough, you know, and then that really helped not having the bells and whistles. And then as you get, as you progress as a musician, you start being able to like, you know, kind of tackle certain bells and whistles and, and, and harness those features instead of them harnessing you and overwhelming you. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally so resonate cool. with what you're saying. That's uh, it, it's nice to get back to the roots. Sometimes I don't even play my Chronos. You know, like when I'm at uh, my other setup, I just have like my VSTs, and I don't have the Chronos, and it's just a whole different world and mm-hmm. whole different side of creativity. And the cool thing is, you can take that creativity and bring it back into your Phantom or into the Chronos. You know, so you can take yeah. those things that you learned from your roots and be like, okay, how can I apply that to a more complicated system? And then you really start, then you really start grooving, you know? That's, man, yeah, that, that's, that's so, so well said. And, you know, I hope people that, that are listening to this later when it's premiered is like, that can inspire some people. Because I, I truly do believe that that scenario of, or situation of having too much is something that I think is, is extraordinarily common, mainly because of the fact that, you know, people use social media so much and there's, it's, it's almost impossible to not be influenced when you see, when you, you know, see so much, so many people doing cool and interesting things with all these different, you know, all these different types of gear. And you just feel like inherently, like if I had that, then I would be able to be more creative. But in, in hindsight, like you just said, it's not necessarily the case. Most of the time, that's probably not how it's going to work. It's going to have an adverse effect, probably. I think so. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. I agree with you. It's so tough because not only do you think you want that when you see gear, you think, I need that. Oh, if I want to sound mm. like that, I need this piece of gear. Mm. You know, yeah. I need this VST. I need to be using uh, Reaper instead of Logic or Pro Tools mm-hmm. instead of Cubase, you know. But it's just, yeah. it's just not true. But it's so hard to not get influenced by social media. When you see, you know, tons of creators and then ads for music and musicians and, and products and stuff like that. And um, so that's why I really think it's important. Double down what I said earlier and like really analyzing your own setup and only upgrade one when you're financially able to most importantly. But two, mm. when when you start outgrowing certain pieces of gear so that you can get very familiarized and like intimate in a way with the gear that you do have so that you're able to kind of like have it all grow together instead of buying mm. three extremely expensive pieces of gear and then, you know, taking five years to sort of dive into one because it's so much new stuff, you know? I've definitely mm-hmm. been guilty of that in the past. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's it's extraordinarily common. All right. So you talked a little bit about the Triton, Triton uh, growing up a little bit. So I want to talk a little bit about your background and sort of a uh, question I like to ask a lot of guests is um, – yeah, to share a little bit about, you know, uh, what young Frank was like. Like, what were you kind of like growing up? Young Frank. What was I like growing Will up? Frank. Yeah. Well, really young Frank was a troublemaker. Um, I would always, like, break windows when I was a little kid, like five okay. to, to eight, uh, according okay. to my parents. I don't remember this, but they said I broke sure. 13 windows. I was just a crazy, crazy guy. Crazy guy. Okay. Uh, they kept count. Um, yeah. And so I started playing drums Really early. So just as some background, my parents were both musicians. They're retired now, but uh, mm-hmm. they grew up as musicians. They, like, made it in the industry, man. They were in a band together wow. in New York, and they bought their wow. first house, and they, like, they killed it. It was amazing. Wow. Awesome. So because of that, they've been 
very supportive of my music career, which I'm eternally grateful for because, mm. it, you know, a lot of musicians don't have that. And if you don't have that support, it becomes like infinitely harder, I think, you know, when you don't mm. have that support from home. Um, yeah. So I started playing drums. My dad had a drum set uh, in his basement, our basement. So I started like tinkering around with that when I was around three years old, just for fun. I wasn't even tall enough to reach the foot pedal. So I just kind of remember just hitting things. <laughs> and having a good time. And then I did that for a couple years. And then when I was six, my dad, oh, I'm sorry, when I was seven, my dad started teaching me a little bit because I was getting really serious about it. I really fell in love with it. I wanted to learn what he knew. So yeah. he taught me for a little bit. And then he brought me to his drum teacher from when he was a kid um, wow. who was still alive. And yeah, his name was Maddie, Maddie Patella, um, wow. who's still alive. I think he's still, he's still wow. around. And he, wow, that's awesome. he was this crazy strict jazz drum teacher and mm. man he he was strict and i i took lessons with him for seven years um and i learned all drum all drum all, i wasn't playing all piano drum. yet no it's wow. all all, all drums mm. um and so he really he really taught me how to be disciplined and how to be patient mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. i'll i'll circle back to at, at some other point um mm -hmm. but he really taught me what it meant to be disciplined and the value of being disciplined even even that young you know and that mm -hmm. you know when you're practicing things you're not gonna most times you're not gonna get better overnight it takes mm -hmm. some time to see progress and you just have mm -hmm. to stick with it and be patient and disciplined so wow. he taught me that and yeah. then um when i was 14 i was in the band all throughout middle school elementary school um and i was in my eighth grade year and my drum teacher or my band teacher, Mr. Colonna, we had a piece that we were doing and he needed a marimba player or a xylophone player, actually, xylophone player. Mm -hmm. And there, were, mm -hmm. there was nobody able to do it. So I had to do it. And I didn't mm -hmm. know how to read sheet music. I wasn't interested. Mm -hmm. I was still kind of like a crazy drummer getting into, into trouble and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but so I was going to quit. I was actually going to quit the band because I was really, really upset. I didn't want to, I just wanted to play drums. You know, mm -hmm. that was my career. I would, I had my sights set on that. That's what I wanted to kind of devote my life to was drums, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the path that I was on my way to doing. And so when I was going to quit, my parents, I went home and told them and they encouraged me to not. They said, listen, just learn the part. And if you still want to quit afterward, you can quit, which is mm -hmm. smart. It's a smart thing to say. So mm -hmm. I did. I listened. I didn't quit. And he taught me how to read treble clef for the xylophone part. And then, you know, xylophone is an interesting instrument because it's sort of like a hybrid it's a nice gateway into piano from drums because oh, you're still yeah. you're still hitting things, but now you have yeah. the melodic element. Same layout as a piano for those of you who don't know. And mm -hmm. so I was like, "Wow, there's like melody. There's like melody out there. It's not just all rhythm." <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. "I never really never really considered that." Mm -hmm. And my choir teacher, uh, I saw him play the Super Mario Brothers theme on piano around the same time. It was in the same week. And mm -hmm. man, when I saw him play that, everything changed Ev mm -hmm. instantly. Like my whole life trajectory just completely shifted. And I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta learn this thing. I gotta learn piano. I gotta, I want to start writing. And yeah. it was like an overnight thing. I had felt like I found a part of myself that I didn't even know was missing. You know, it was really that it was really like that. It was, it was incredible. Um, so that's sort of like the shift I had into piano and composition. So it, pretty late to the game. I was 14 at the mm -hmm. time. Um, and fortunately, you know, my, it, intensive background with percussion helped out a lot with piano with rhythm mm -hmm. and, and things like that so that was a it was a nice head start in a sense you know yeah and then that's... let's see 
Yeah, we can. Any any thoughts on that? I mean, I'm I'm at 14 right now, so we can continue well, was, if you have was, any questions. No, def, no, I definitely want you to continue. I, I was just going to say how noteworthy I think it is the um, the seven years of drum lessons you mentioned. How that that, that really really helped you know the transition for you and also like it sounded like the the discipline you you harped on that like pretty heavy like the importance of because I'm, I'm also a piano teacher I, I have a business where I tutor math and I actually teach piano lessons as well and cool. so one of the things that I yeah I absolutely absolutely love it it's so beautiful and inspiring I really enjoy it and one of the things that I um that I I definitely try to and still is is what you just said that that discipline right it's it's like it, it might seem obvious that yes you have to practice anything in order to to get good at it um but along that journey like it's not like like linear there's going to be times or at least in my in my experience there's been times where where like i wasn't inspired wasn't inspired to practice anything new i just wanted to only play the songs that i knew because I, I, it's like a confidence thing. I feel good about playing them because I know how to play them. And it's right. a little bit of work when you're reading a brand new sheet music when you're not an amazing sight reader. It's like, yeah. it can be a little bit arduous. But going back to your, your point that you made earlier about um, having too much gear, one of the things is obviously having to learn all the different, different kinds of gear that can take away from other um, components of what you want to focus on. But right. the other thing simply was like, Having like I have a Yamaha P five one five piano that I'm using here, and instead of having the Phantom, what used to be here, and I, I had this for even longer than the Phantom, and so like just sitting in front of this without having all those other uh, bells and whistles there al allows me to like those late nights when I'm I was I was working on um, a Final Fantasy song that you you um, probably know I would say most likely know um, the Calm Before the Storm from Final Fantasy ten. The one that's like I, I can't hear dun, it. Yeah. Dun, 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 oh yeah, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 yes. Dun. So that joint, like, I love, I love playing that piece so much, and so like, I know how to play the first, you know, first whole section, I guess you can say, of the song. But then the second section, I would always just stop there because it's like, okay, now I have to like, I have to learn more stuff. But yeah. the other day, it was just like an like an awakening because I kind of missed those late nights of just being there and just like saying, you know what, I'm going to take it piece by piece. I don't have to learn all of the rest of the song right now. I can learn like the next page or the next few lines or whatever. And just kind of getting over that little hurdle is so, I think, monumental. Uh, and it just, if you care about it, it just feels so good to be able to get those notes right and get it sounding right. And it's just like, man, like as soon as I wake up the next morning, I'm like, I need to go right back there. Like it's like kind yeah. of in, in inspiring to kind of continue on, you know? Absolutely. I think that's a really big problem, uh, like a very common problem where we don't finish pieces. It's very easy to not finish a piece, you know, because yeah. if you're if you're juggling too much, if you have five pieces, uh, you know, you know, a couple pages of each, but it can mm -hmm. be really hard to get motivated to uh, to learn it all the way through, which is which is not good because you sort of learn to not finish stuff, you know, mm. and it's it's very satisfying it's more satisfying to complete a one minute long piece than it is to learn half of a four minute piece, you know, because mm -hmm. when you actually can finish a piece that does something for you that learning half of a piece doesn't do because you've, you've completed mm. something, you know? Yeah. So one thing that I teach, if you're interested or if anybody is who's listening is struggling with that, um, try to learn a piece backwards, start with the last measure first and then mm. learn that and then work your way backwards so that you're making your way towards the beginning of the piece Right. So it'll it'll sort of motivate you because you don't know the beginning. 
right? But you want to mm. get to the beginning part. So if you already know mm -hmm. the end, you're more inclined to work your way backwards, or at least you can be in my experience. Wow. And that so it was fantastic. sort of a, a hack that one of my teachers told me and I was, I tried it and I was like, oh my gosh. The second wow. benefit to that is that typically when you learn a piece from beginning to end, uh, you learn the ending last. So it's the least polished and it's the least, you're least comfortable with it more times mm -hmm. than not. So when you're mm -hmm. performing it, you know, if you're playing a piece and you're worried about the end, it can greatly influence how you're playing the parts that you are comfortable with because you're worried about the end. You know, mm. you know, I just learned the end a couple of weeks ago. I hope I can nail it. You know, that was the last thing I learned, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. If you learn it backwards, you're most comfortable with the end. So mm -hmm. as you make your way through the piece, you're actually getting more comfortable because you're going into wow. territory that you're more used to. So I found mm -hmm. that that really helped me out with a lot of classical pieces back in college, working your way backwards, you know. So may maybe that's something worth giving a shot to for anyone listening. Mind blown. Mind blown right now. That I'm 100% I'm going to try that today. Um, mm. Both things that you just said resonated with me deeply in terms of the, like having too many songs that I know parts of. And that, that goes for playing as well as what I, what I truly, truly, truly do also enjoy doing is playing and singing, especially like during live sets and stuff. Like I'm starting to do that more often. And, and it's just something that I just, it's like infectious. Like I just love it so much. Yeah. And so the same point, like, okay, I know some of this song, but not the whole thing. And now if I want to be, you know, successful, and I guess the, wor the, the word is uh, relative depending on what your definition is, of course, but like on Twitch, for example, as a live streamer, if you, I, I well, first of all, um, yeah, you, you have a Google Drive or Google Doc associated with all your songs that you have. So yes. I was struggling probably because I was learning parts of so many songs that like my library is like became massive, but I know how to play start to finish this much, but I have this many songs that I kind of, kind of know some of. Right. Right. And so I was like, I need a better system to organize these songs better. So I, I started using that streamer song list thing. And that's been yes. a bit of a godsend for me spending like a few days, you know, getting, my, getting all the information in there, getting them tagged. So these are like learned songs. These are learning songs. These yes. are somewhat learned songs that these are songs that I can sing like that sure. type of thing has been, has been hugely monumental. And, you know, I, I, I'm just glad that you mentioned that it's super helpful for me. And I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, that other people that may be listening as well as like people that I would share this with specifically mm. that, that element of finishing the song and then how to do so. I think that's, I've never heard that the latter part before. I've heard people say, you know, you should have it finished. If people request a song, they're going to expect you to be able to, you know, play it or and or sing it to, you know, to its completion. Um, so I, I'm super appreciative of you sharing that. That that really really resonated. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, it's uh, it helped me out a lot. Uh, maybe, maybe it wouldn't help some people, but I, for a lot of people that I've taught, it, it really does make a world of difference. And uh, just yeah. another piece of advice that I could give on that note that uh, when I teach, I usually like to have students play uh, three pieces. No, usually no more than three, but it's always a good idea to have three pieces. One, I, I recommend being very challenging so you can keep pushing yourself and having you know something that's really difficult. One piece mm -hmm. that you absolutely love. It doesn't matter if it's easy or hard, say like an anime opening, right? It could be mm -hmm. something that you're very passionate about, film, jazz, whatever it is. And then something that's really easy and really short. I think those are mm. three pieces that I wow. always recommend have, having. So one, you'll have something mm. that's really easy if you're struggling on a day and you, you know, you're working on your challenging piece and you're just not making progress, right? You have two other pieces to work on. You know, and mm -hmm. so you have that small piece there. 
So when you finish that, you'll, you'll still have some satisfaction, right? Because you don't want to be juggling three hard pieces. That's, I think mm. that's sort of a recipe to get burnt out or discouraged. So mm. uh, definitely would highly recommend those sorts of three pieces, you know? That makes that makes total sense. So all right, so my three pieces. I'm just thinking out loud. So Arabesque is is a perfect example of a song that I know, I guess the first third or first quarter of it, and then I kind of just like stopped. I haven't like spent time learning learning the rest of it. That's a that's that's a that has been a very challenging piece for me to get to where I am today. But I haven't like continued on. So that I think will be my hard piece because I love the way it sounds and I definitely want to continue on with it. Yeah. I would say that my fun piece that I still want to continue. It's like still in the process of learning, but it has to be that calm before the storm because whenever I play that, like it's just, it's just it for me. It just moves me. And then easy piece can be something like Scarborough Fair. That's like, yeah. that's a piece that I know I can play it. It's, I won't mess it up ever. Knock on wood. And <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Great advice. Wait, so do you teach piano lessons as well as do your streaming? And we're going to talk about your other side, which is sure. you either are or were doing like like music um like composing for a mm. video game company right yes all right so we'll talk about both but you can sure. start with like you teach piano as well right now currently uh, i did i don't i currently don't teach anymore i have like one student at the moment i okay. used to teach okay. a bit uh more a couple years ago mm. but between twitch youtube and uh composing and sound design i i've had to uh kind of lean away from the teaching sure okay and then yeah let's talk about the composing stuff because that sure. is that is a, a side. I was just actually at a, a photo shoot just now, my very first one, which I'm cool. excited about. I got some really dope pictures with the gear. Oh, that's awesome. Very, yeah, it was it was a great time. It's a friend of mine who hit, hit me up and seen what I was doing. So he's, yeah, uh, yeah it, I'm excited uh, to start using that for my content strategy and stuff. But That's um, so dope. We, I, I got to do that. I got to follow suit. Uh, the only most recent headshot is me in a Donkey Kong costume. I'm a little... <laughs> A little outdated. <laughs> no, that's hey, look, nothing wrong with that. See, I didn't have a Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong uh, costume there, so I, I kind of missed out, missed the boat a little bit there. I think that's kind of yeah. dope, personally. But you would have if you now, had one. You would have worn it. If I had one, it would have been 100%. And also, okay. are we ever going to get another 3D Donkey Kong game, or are we just like one and done? Like, what, what I was literally on? just talking about that the other day. They're coming out yeah. with – now they're just insulting us because they're coming out with the Kirby 3D game, you know, like yeah, right. everyone except for DK. So right. that's, that's pretty upsetting. You get the one. It is, it is quite yeah. upsetting. Man, video and we're going to talk about the game. I was making a point there, but before we do, like, just video games in general are so um, important to me because, like, the the fact that we can hear a song from you know a game like Chrono Trigger, Chrono Cross, or one of these games from many like a long time ago, and it like it it'll to me it's like music can do that in itself if you hear a song any song that's not a not associated with video games that you haven't heard in a long time and it'll bring you back to 20 years or whatever that's one thing but for me like video games are like you are thinking about you you invested a lot of time in that game at that time frame as opposed to just hearing a random song on the radio or something that your parents used to play so there's something really just don't know the word choice but just special i guess um, about video games and, and the music that's associated with them that heavily, heavily, heavily influenced everything that I made, that I make like uh, like electronic music wise, like ev- almost everything that I've made sounds like something that belongs in a video game or a yeah. cartoon perhaps. Like it's that type of music, you know? Right. It's beautiful because video game music for me, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a bookmark. It bookmarks how I felt at a certain age. You know, it's mm, so like when I hear... Yeah almost like a time capsule. Like when I hear Super Mario Sunshine music, I love the music. It's fantastic music, but 
it's really special because it brings me back to how I felt when I was that age. You know, I have yeah. memories of in my so that music triggers like smells, things in my old room yeah. that I see, what my parents right, looked right. like when I was that age, things like that. So I think a lot of it is not only the music, but like what's all the different senses that are attached to it, you know, sort of like being a bookmark of when I was like 12, that sort of thing. So I think that's uh, I think it's just the coolest thing ever. <laughs> it's just oh, the coolest man. thing ever, you know, it is. It re- it really is, um, and that's that's such a well uh, uh, eloquent way of putting it. I couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your your music composing, yeah, and like how 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 you got set up there, how you got connected with the company. What what is it like being a composer for video games? Is it easy? Is it hard? Is it fun? Like, talk to me a little bit about that. Sure, that's a loaded question. Let me uh, let me think about how to approach that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I. I went to school for composition. So my degree is in composition um, Mm -hmm. and I had emphasis on piano. So I was able to uh, study piano very hard in college, all four years, lessons, I had juries every year. Uh, I Mm -hmm. I chose not to double major because I didn't really want to do a five-year program. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I found a way to just sort of be a double major without the five years (laughs) kind of thing. Uh, So I still had juries, but my degree is in composition. So I've always wanted to get into composing four games. Um, and film, but primarily mm-hmm. games, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's been a long road. I, I've, to put it simply, I've been working hard towards that all throughout my 20s. Um, mm-hmm. Doing, you know, I've had paying the dues, as they say, a lot of free okay. stuff, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, which is different than doing something for nothing, by the way. Uh, let me just a quick note on that. I, I always yeah. recommend if you're starting out, you could do something for free, but don't do it for nothing. And what that mm-hmm. means is, when you're just starting out, you run into the paradox of I need experience to get work, but I need work to get experience, right? Mm-hmm. So that's really tough at first. So you can do something for free, but try to get something in return from the company. If you're working, for, for example, if you're working for like an animation team doing a student film or something, they can't pay you. Try to get like an, an intro for your YouTube channel, mm. you know, something like that. So you can do it for free, yeah. but I recommend not working for nothing, um, just sense. as a, as a little yeah. side tangent. Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, did some student films all throughout college and, uh, started getting my foot in the door with little, little tiny gigs. Some of them were free. Uh, some of them were very, very low pay, you know, mm-hmm. some podcast jingles, things like that. And then, sure. um, as I, my presence online started to grow, that really helped out a lot with the exposure, you know, getting your name yeah. out there, always making an effort to tell people what you do. You know, tell people that you're a composer, Mm -hmm. tell people that you do Mm -hmm. sound design so that they know you don't have to force it, but just be like, you know, hey, thanks for watching. Uh, Follow me on Twitter. You know, I'm a a composer for games, yada, yada, yada. You know, it's always Mm -hmm. important, I think, to just mention what it is you do frequently, frequently. Um, And that that helped out a lot because over time, uh, people start reaching out more. You can reach out to other people, do some genuine networking, you know, don't reach out looking for gigs, but just genuine connection the key word is authenticity i think right you want to reach out to really genuinely add people to your network not be like uh, you know hey uh i'm a composer i'm in this area like let me know if you need any help i'd love to help you know Mm -hmm. i wouldn't recommend doing that i would not Mm -hmm. it's just those genuine connections i could tell you that 90 percent of my my gigs and opportunities have been from friends or friends of friends right like Mm. the first game i ever did um, which ultimately never got released. That just happens sometimes. But the oh, reason wow. I got it was from a friend who I used to play competitive Smash Melee with back in the day. Oh, 
Nice. And he All did right. um he did uh programming at, and okay. he was getting into programming at the time when we were playing melee. Years yeah. later cuz I I always told him like, "Yeah, I'm trying to get into video game music." He remembered that and he mm. was on a team and when the team was looking for music, they're like, "Man, do we know anyone?" And he was like, "I know someone." And he reached mm. out to me. We were good buddies, you know? Mm-hmm. So a mm-hmm. lot of opportunities in my experience come from stuff like that, you know? Not yeah. not so much like reaching out to people. Sometimes that works. But I, I think the main takeaway from that is just try to genuinely connect, which can be very frustrating when you're looking for work. But I think it does compound and pay off over time. It might be like five years before somebody that you've connected with could reach out. But if you have enough mm. of those connections, they really do start to build up, you know? Um, so that is kind of how I made my way into my twenties doing stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then as my presence on YouTube started growing, um, some more people had started reaching out and then I, I reached out to more people and you just sort of like meet people in, in that sort of industry, you know, in, in that vein, it's pretty small. It's smaller than you think when you start working, you know, like a lot Mm. of, you see a lot of familiar names. Um, so it's, and it's important to be nice and genuine. I know I sound Mm. like a broken record, but I really can't stress that enough. You know, people talk, so you just want to be nice and authentic. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, that's the idea. That's the idea. That's fantastic. I I appreciate, I appreciate that feedback. I think one of the things or not feedback, but that's that story and information, man. One of the Mm. things that, that really spoke to me just now is, uh, and I didn't, I guess, explicitly say it. I think I told you that I that a lot of my music sounds, the sounds are inspired by games and stuff like that. But that is also sort of a major goal of mine. It's like in terms of placements, in terms of whether it's something small like the jingle for a podcast or a commercial, like any of these types of things, these are the types of connections and stuff that I'm trying to kind of work towards this year as opposed to simply um, uh, having these creative sessions and, and having music that I think sounds really great and really interesting come out of it without having like a destination for it or even a, an idea for a destination. And so right. that's been fun, kind of getting information, reading, researching, and kind of just, I guess, strategizing how to um, how to do that. So the process has yeah. been definitely dope. And I appreciate that information too, knowing the size of that, of the industry and just not overthinking things. Um, and to some extent, I guess use com- use common sense a little bit, like like you just said, in terms of the genuine. And common sense is not common, or it's not obvious for everyone. But like in terms yeah. of when people reach out and stuff, like yes, you know, it's very it's very it, it it's very easy to just say to say something to someone online that maybe you don't have that type of relationship with that can just immediately just get ignored or just rub someone the wrong way. Right. Um, yeah, we shouldn't be necessarily expecting stuff from people, right? We shouldn't right. be expecting things from people more yes, than anything. Yes, highlight that, hundred percent. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's and but that could be tough because it's, you know you want work and you're of you're uh, you're fired up. You know you're you're passionate, yeah. which is good. But you just gotta. I think it's important to tame that and just control that and and still remain authentic with people. You know, and and yeah. there are many things you can do. You know, you can. I always recommend making like a reel. Uh, you know, oh. which is a more a more standard thing. I think that can be really helpful. Even if you mm. don't have a lot of work, you can do rescores and redesigns, which is when you take something that already exists and put your own music or your own sound to it. You know, one oh, of the first yeah. sound design gigs I got was be- the reason I got it was because I decided to 
do a Smash Brothers. Uh, Smash Brothers had like a commercial that came out in 2018, mm. Smash Ultimate, and it was mm-hmm. sick. And I decided to just do a redesign of that. And I did. Mm. I did a redesign. I worked really hard on it, and I put it on YouTube. And then uh, when some opportunities started coming up for music, most recently with uh, Rice Games, the company yeah. that I'm with now doing music for a game called Shujinko, um, I was. they asked me to do music. And I said, yes, 100%. Just so you know, I also do some sound, if you guys are interested. And I, I'd sent them my redesign, and mm. they were very interested. And wow. so now I'm doing sound and music for the game based wow. off of something that I just did a redesign for in hopes that one day it could pay off with some dividends. And it did, you know, so it's, it's thinking ahead like that, that I think can really, it's never a waste of time to do things Mm -hmm. like rescores or redesigns, you know, it it never is. So I I always recommend trying to do that. If you have the time, if you're just starting out and you're, you're in that annoying loop where you have no work, but you need to show something to get work, you know, cause that's a, that's a pain, pain in the butt to get out of. It really is. I could only imagine. Man, that's, yeah, just a, a ton of great information today. This is definitely exceeding my already lofty um, expectations, not expectations, mm. but just my thoughts of what this conversation could be. So I've learned just a, just a tremendous amount, but I do want to be uh, mindful of time as well because yes. we want to go about an hour. So I want to ask you if there's anything um, that you'd like to share, you know, what your work, I mean, you shared a lot already, obviously, but mm. anything that you're working on that you'd like to share or you can share like your Twitch stream schedule, like anything like that for my audience so they can come check you out. Oh, sure. Uh, let me think. Uh, well, I do stuff on YouTube. Uh, Frank mm-hmm. Tedesco is the YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. Same name on Twitch. I stream a lot of piano stuff. We do. I make loops. I do uh, piano songs, song requests, those sorts of things. And uh, that, that's probably about it. YouTube and Twitch are kind of the main things. Uh, definitely check out Rice Games and Shujinko if you're interested in JRPG games. Uh, it's nice. sort of based on learning Japanese. Uh, you'll be mm-hmm. able to play the game even if you're not interested in that. There, there's basically you can toggle off if you want that feature. But for yeah. those of you who are interested in learning Japanese, that's kind of some of the foundation of the game, which is really really cool. So I'm thrilled that's for incredible. that. Yeah. Uh, so check that out, and I think that's probably about it. It's probably about it. That's awesome. So that game is a game where I'll be able to play it as an English speaking person, but as I'm playing through this, an RPG fan, as I'm playing through the game, I'll learn some Jap- how to speak or how to read some Japanese in like the game. Yes, exactly. That's, yep. That's and the game, that's as you cool. progress, you'll be learning more Japanese and you'll be tested wow. on the Japanese that you have learned, uh, wow. which is amazing. Uh, but like I that's said, really for people cool. who just want to play an awesome JRPG but don't want to learn it, there is a feature where you can turn that off and just play the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Man, Frank, I, I'm super appreciative of you taking the time out. Very excited uh, to to share this this conversation. I have to always think like not interview because I don't like using the word interview, even though I use it kind of often. But share this conversation with my audience and yours. I'm gonna message you. We'll find a a time slot and a day a day and time where that's convenient for you and and that you think might be convenient for your audience. Perhaps we can ch- put it in the Discord um, to do the live premiere so folks can chat in the chat. If you're free, yeah. you happen to be free, you can hop in and we can just kind of keep the conversation going, kind of thing. That would be awesome. Yeah, that would be that would be absolutely fantastic. I, I felt bad. I wanted to ask you some questions too. I know. It seemed oh, to be geared towards me. I was just curious, like, of, of your background, like how you had yeah. – a lot of the questions you asked me, I was curious about you too. I know we're in a tight oh. frame, but maybe you could just – because uh, you sort of just popped out of nowhere for me. Like I started uh-huh. seeing you all over uh, Instagram and on YouTube and Twitch. So I was curious yeah. about how you started um, oh, and any I'd sort of, like, notable things in your journey that I'd love to hear about. 
Oh, for sure. I'd be thrilled, man. Yeah, so I have an engineering background and worked uh, for Verizon for 12 years right out of college, electrical engineering degree. And then towards the end of my time there is when I started um, actually playing the piano. So I started just a few short years ago. I'm 34 right now. And um, when, I when I was approaching my 30th birthday is when I really wanted to learn piano. I took like half a year of lessons in sixth grade and mm. then really dabbled from like occasionally sparingly like in that 15 year span. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I got back into it when I turned 30. I actually found the same exact Alfred's adult basic beginner piano book mm. that I had when I was in sixth grade. And nice. I went through that entire book. Um, went on YouTube, obviously looked up some you know, chord theory and things like that to kind of educate myself. And then once I felt like I had a decent foundation, I, I wanted to make sure that um, that I was doing things correctly. So I went, went ahead and did some research and, and took actual lessons as well for, for right. about, about two years. And so, yeah, I love playing. I love playing the piano, as I you know mentioned earlier and stuff. And in the time frame from like maybe about two years ago is when I kind of started this content creation journey. So not just the piano, but really tapping into, you know, music production and doing a lot of stuff on my iPad. Um, and my, you know, I have some gear here, like my Teenage Engineering OP1. Oh, and nice. And that other, yeah, the other Hell joint. Yeah. I'm just going to show you, all, you know, this thing. So this thing yeah. I was I was mentioning earlier, it's a, it's a $600 Bluetooth speaker. But why the reason it's so expensive is because you can it has radio built in, line in built in, as well as Bluetooth, of course, and you can um, slow down or speed up any of those three audio sources, um, wow. including live radio. So like imagine having the radio on and just like slowing it down. So you immediately yeah. slowing it, and then you can like loop, uh, loop the radio. And then you can slide from that loop to like the next one or the previous one up to four bars. And oh, as you could imagine, you can get some crazy yeah. sort of on the fly immediate sampling going on. And I love it so much. It's like Ooh, some of the most cool. fun and genuine type stuff that, I, that I've been kind of checking out. Is, is it like um, a knob to slow it down? Is that the yeah, idea? That's exactly right. Yeah. So maybe if you can, uh, I'm trying to see if, let me make this bigger, make my thing bigger here. But uh, yeah, there. So this. Mm. Is the this this tape thing right here is always spinning? This is like a tape dial that oh, if I turn cool. it on, yeah, and you yeah. can scratch and you can rotate. But this one over here is the is the knob that you can rotate and it'll go back or go forward. It's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a link too so you can see it. Yeah, later. I'm it's, curious. It's, it's so it's so fun. Um, and this company, Teenage Engineering, they were gracious enough to pass this along to me because of the stuff that the content creation that I've been doing with their second, not second device, but the device that I have, the OPZ, which is a portable synthesizer. Yeah. And they, they, they were, you know, excited for me to make content with it. So I'm like really just excited to talk about it. And I almost bring it with me everywhere. I like going to the park and doing all kinds of stuff with that. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, having gear like that and, and just ha the hardware to like actually, you know, cause it's different when you're doing digital stuff, like, Yes. You know, it's different yes. from using your mouse to turn a knob mm -hmm. or a fader than mm -hmm. actually like being able to do it yourself. You know, like there, oh, yeah. there's a difference. You feel more in control uh, in my experience. So it sounds like you feel similarly to the point where you want to bring it with you. You know, it's like part of your daily life almost. 100%. It's like you never know when you're going to you know, need a party, like need some music to just, and it's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I have so many nice things to say about it. Like that, that same trip that I was telling you about before my mom and I, like I had this thing at, at some point, like we were just walking on the boardwalk boardwalk and I had like some old school songs that my dad 
was always sending me. He saw me using this, and he was just like blown away with it because he used to DJ back in the day as well. Mm. And he would just like, I would say, Dad, whenever you hear a song or whenever you think about a song that you think might be cool for me to play on here and remix on here, I was like, please just send it my way. And I have like a long playlist of like all these tracks, nice. some of which that I remember hearing like 20 years ago, some yeah. of which that I probably never heard. And uh, I started playing some of those, and I had it on full blast. And this thing goes really loud just because I just felt cool to do it. And mom, yeah. mom and I are just walking on the boardwalk, and, I, and she was, like, dancing, having a good time. I'm just walking, like, vibing. I'm like, this is so yeah. fun right now. I love this so much, you know? So yeah. special oh, moments absolutely. like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, circling back to what we said earlier, it's like years from now when you're older and you look at that piece of gear or listen mm. to a piece of music on that, on that yeah. gear, right? Yeah. Not only are you going to – enjoy the music but it's going to bring back those memories you know so it's special in that way too so you're you're building those memories now which will be well they're not i guess they're not memories yet they're just it's just dope now it's just dope and then in the future it's going to be very special memories you know which is like the coolest part about music you know you're having a good time writing all this great stuff and then as time goes on you're going to look back and they're just they're just fantastic bookmarks on different journeys you know different parts of your life and I think that's like one of the coolest things about music. They they really are like time capsules or bookmarks, however you want to phrase it. And I think that's just uh, that's one of the most amazing things about it for me. It that's spot on, man. I I couldn't agree more. It's it's just it's like a blessing to to be able to have the interest that I think that we have about music, right? To be able to create and be able to play and perform. It's um you know after maybe a stressful day or something like if I didn't have the piano. Like, what am I, am I going to play Smash Brothers? Like, obviously I can do that and I do that as well, but it's a different level of like, you know, of joy. Like, I love playing Smash Brothers. I'll, I'll play. Oh, cool. I'll play oh let's go. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yo, man. I'm, oh, hell I'm yeah. Love, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit you up. We You play Ultimate, I'm assuming? or I do. Time? Yeah. You do. Who's your, who's your main? Who do you use? So I play, you know, I play you? a couple characters. I always love uh-huh. playing Donkey Kong, um, oh, but nice. I also like right. Mario, Wario. Okay. Uh, a little bit of Roy, couple couple characters, but Donkey Kong is just is the most fun, uh, and he's okay. like my goof off character, you know. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Um, I'm I'm a huge a huge Wii Fit trainer. That's my really go-to. specifically wow, that's the female. Rare. It is rare. Yeah, I don't play against very many of them. Yeah. Um, I I just love you talk about goofing off. So like I I love um. Just start because you know you can't ta- taunt in the online mode, right? Yeah. So when, when you're playing against random people, so I love like starting the match and then just doing like the I guess people call it teabagging, like ducking and standing up yeah, real fast. The crowd. So I just yeah. start the match immediately, <laughs> just do that, and then they start doing it. And sometimes it goes on for like maybe sixty seconds, like a long time. Yeah. And then what I like doing is using the 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 her um header soccer ball move, yeah. but there's a way to 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 take it out but not head it if you hit shield when it's in the air it'll just drop down so like i would do that and then i would like go in the middle of the stage and drop it down and then eventually they would be like oh he's doing that for a reason so then they'll go over to the ball and try to like hit it before it disappears and i like find random random spots on the stage to do it it's like it's like a whole nother game in itself i'm like this is so fun right now man. you're like actually playing ball because you can down smash it i think right after you do the cancel can't you can't you down smash this soccer ball to change oh yes more of a yes, horizontal to make it, trajectory. To hit it. Yes, it, yeah. That's exactly so there's a lot right. of mix-up. Yeah. That that projectile is a, it's a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it's good it though. It's so a much. it's a good projectile. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> and depending on when you hit B button again, it'll it'll you know it has a different trajectory, so you can really throw people off. Such a good game. Yeah. I love it. It is. I'm gonna, I'm and there's a spike hitbox too, right? On on. Yes, like When she yes. does the move, yeah. I've I've, yes, uh, get, I've never yeah, gotten you know, caught you, by that though. 
<laughs> you know your stuff. Wait, so look, let me ask this. If you're a big gamer too, here's one more question for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, first of all, did I did I suffice in answering like a little bit about myself? I do a lot more stuff, but I guess that's at a yeah. high level. No, I, okay. I that's I was just curious. Yeah, I mean, we I would like love to hear more. Of course, I know we're we're limited with time, but um, mm-hmm. I'm sure we could talk again outside yeah, of this definitely. call. Um, there's so much that we could talk about. I I can't believe an hour went by. Um, I know, I and know. I could also like talk about games. Smash for another hour. I know, <laughs> but, um, like, but yeah. yes, you did answer. I was yes, you did answer very well. Thank you. All right, high level because I wanted to make sure. Yeah, make sure I'm. Um, you know, I think that's. I I love talking about myself too, but some of the feedback that I got from my wife is like, make sure. You know, balance the time out. Make sure you you give your guests some time to talk. So that's why, like, if you ask a question, obviously, like, I I love to you know talk about it and stuff. So that's mm. the, I appreciate you you know inquiring. Um, of course, I was gonna say I was gonna say this. You're into video game. Well, two more quick questions for you. Yeah, yeah. One of them is why not stream on YouTube instead of Twitch? Since you have a platform there already, do you feel like Twitch is um just different enough and just has different features where it's like it wouldn't make sense to consolidate onto one platform? Yeah, for me, I, I, I'm never opposed to the idea, but I really like Twitch. I like Twitch's culture. I think the mm-hmm. way that they have their platform set up in terms of mm-hmm. like subscribers, you know, like the bits, they just have a yeah. really nice system that encourages community in a way that I feel like YouTube doesn't have yet. Yeah. Yet. I think they, they might sense. make those changes down the road. But for now, I think Twitch does a better job of, of giving a sense of community. Yeah. Um, which is what I'm, I'm mainly after on, on a site like Twitch. So, and it's kind of nice to compartmentalize the live stream from the uploads, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's pretty mm-hmm. nice. So that, that's kind of why. That makes sense. That makes total sense. But yeah, the big thing that I'm still struggling with a little bit and I'm getting a little bit of clarity on it, um, is I'm doing like multi-streaming on both platforms because ah. I have, I have a foundation on YouTube already. I went right. from only streaming on Twitch to only streaming on YouTube to doing both. And really right now that what I'm currently doing, which kind of is working nicely is, uh, are you familiar with the membership option on YouTube? Like yes. where people can do paid, paid uh, memberships. So I, I finally launched one of those and have a couple of perks that's associated with it. And, um, first of all, I love that in itself that you can make members only videos. You can, you can, yeah. you know, have things that, that you know that those people will enjoy because they're paying for your you know service. So they, they are fans, super fans, I guess, of you. You can call them. So that's been really dope. But you can also turn what was what I was challenged with is when I would multi-stream. Like I, I hate having to like look at different uh, platforms, and I don't have my whole setup in such a way right now, at least maybe sooner than later, um, where like I have my monitor that I'm looking at you looking at you on right now, uh, in front or behind my keyboard, so I can actually see it. So I'm usually like on my phone, and it's right, a little right. bit cumbersome. Still, I'm still kind of working through a few things. Yeah. Um, but to that point, I made uh, for a few sessions, I made um, the YouTube live membership only chat. And that resulted in some people becoming members. Um, gotcha. I don't want to necessarily alienate people, but that allowed me to be able to just try it out and just see what you know kind of happens with that. And I was a little yeah. bit more engaged with that person who was like chatting and asking questions and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but I really do want to figure out and i don't know the answer right now i, I want to figure out if um if it makes sense actually I'm, i kind of i'm just thinking of something right now i have my ipad where i do production on i have my op1 i have other gear right here that i'm just in the process of now getting a top-down setup Ooh, um, cool. situated and assembled so I, yeah. I love the top-down setup people so many people have talked to me about this mirror that i've done a few videos on yeah where they i've can seen see a couple of those yeah. in the video Right. That stands out to people. So I'm like, okay, I have to continue using that. But I'm wondering, I'm wondering if 
it seems as though most of the time when I'm doing piano and or piano plus singing, that type of content seems to resonate more in my experience with the folks on Twitch. And when I'm doing more like experimental stuff with like some of my gear and like producing and that type of thing, that yeah. seems to kind of go more in like the tutorial and de demoing out products and stuff mm. like for people on YouTube. So I'm wondering if I should possibly start thinking about having two different types of live streams and maybe highlighting them on the different platforms or yeah. keeping them both together. I'm not sure if you have a suggestion, I'd be, I'd love to hear it. I'm not sure. It's in, that's interesting what you said. Cause I guess in a way like those, what you said you're doing on YouTube, like demos and stuff, like a lot of people go to YouTube for content like videos, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of people yeah. go to Twitch for like the live. So I wonder yeah. if it actually makes sense that you said your singer, songwriter, piano playing stuff tends to do better on Twitch, which is all about Definitely. like interactivity. Whereas like yep. the demo stuff, you know, products of stuff that has like, um, uh, what's the term? Like it's, it, it's the type of content that lives on where you can watch it a year yeah, later. Evergreen. And it's still very, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that stuff. Sure. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. It very well could be. It could be coincidence, yeah. but that I wouldn't be surprised if that's uh, some of the type of content that people go on these platforms for, you know? Yeah, yeah. So for, um, Like learning versus being enter entertained, perhaps. One of these sessions right. are, is, can be more about learning, whether it's me explicitly teaching something or it's about them just looking at my process and them learning sort of through my creative process on the production side versus like the singing, the the requests, like that that thing, like the request thing is like a, a major thing that I, I feel like I want to double down on because that, that would yeah. make, if I if I were to get to a point, which is, I mean, I can get there, I think soon, right? And like making sure that streamer song list is where it needs to be is updated and everything. If I get that to a point where like at all times or most of the time, like either people and or maybe a little bit of me, but hopefully like people like put requests in, and I yeah. know what to play, and I know that playing these things are what people want to hear, and I know how to play these songs very well. Right. That that would be significant for me in terms of like just give me some added clarity, and as opposed to like like not knowing and just improvising and just kind of doing whatever pops in my brain at that moment, which is not which is not always the most fun or rewarding, I guess, for me. Yeah, it can be tough. I mean, um, you know, I've. It, when I first started streaming, only really up until about a year ago, my streams have been a little a little more structured. Like I still mm. – my streams are still like – some days I just go on and I don't really have a perfect plan. But mm -hmm. more lately, I've been uh, having some sort of a structure. You know, mm -hmm. Guys, today we're doing this. We're going to be reacting, watching my new video, and then we're going uh, to drink some coffee, talk to chat about any music questions. Then we're going to open wow. up chat requests. And okay. I think – that's been huge for my channel. It's helped me more probably than anyone just have mm -hmm. a game plan, a loose, because mm -hmm. that's the type of person that I am. I want like, I don't want everything to be planned out. I've never been that yeah. way. I'm sort of a go with the flow kind of person. I want like a very loose schedule. You know, if I give a presentation, I'll just have like bullet points, that, that sort mm -hmm. of thing. I don't want everything yeah. written out. So I found that over the past, I'd say maybe like six to eight months, um, having a very loose game plan with the stream has been extremely helpful to like wow. uh, you know avoid getting any like dead time there's going to be some dead time it's just inevitable but um mm -hmm. when you have that you can move on to the next thing or you you have some sort of like framework to work off of mm -hmm. you know and for me i found that that was really really helpful um with with twitch absolutely that's that's awesome to hear yeah that that's that's really incredible i think one of the 
one of the things, and I'll, I'll share it with you. Hopefully, you don't steal it, but you can. I don't really care. Um, that that I want <laughs> that I want to do on on Twitch is mm-hmm. um, I'm listening. I know. Yeah. No, well, take, you can you <laughs> you can grab it. That's that's fine, man. I I, I would like for other people to do it because it's like oh, everyone's take on it. But I, feel I guess this is going to be on YouTube. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. People are going to see it. It's like I, I've come across such incredible. Um, Ask Reddit or Ask Men topics, ones that are very insightful, such as, um, I don't know, one of them is something like, what is a website that has been transformative for you that you think most people don't even know about? Something like that, for example. Mm. And I'm, and then people put, you know, websites in there and obviously they're like in order of like most like thumb up or voted or whatever. So I felt, and that's just one example. There's like a whole bunch of just thought provoking topics I, I felt. Yeah. And so I thought what would be cool is to feature one of these topics on my streams and say, okay, Ooh, like at yeah. some point during the session, I'm going to read the topic. I'm going to probably just like read one or two of the top ones. And that could, f- I think, foster some like just straight up conversation. And I would yes. be down to talk for like an hour if you guys want that type of thing. Yeah, I think that's a great idea, man. I think that's mm-hmm. a super idea. Uh, I did something on my channel for a while um, where I made a command called QOTD, question of the day. And it was, and you just ask a question, something that, that would really fuel people, you know, fire them up. It could be wow. anything yeah. you want, something about a piece of gear, it could be a link to something, it could be a poll, it could be your favorite type of cheese, it could be whatever. But something wow. that can really help get the conversation started, uh, I found was really helpful um, with my streams. Because when, the more you get people to start typing in chat, the more people type in chat, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think when you can kind of break that barrier a little bit with a question, it can be really helpful. It doesn't even have to be a command, you can ask a question. But I found right. that having a question of the day is just a really – it's sort of like a cheat code to get people to, mm. to chat, especially if you relate it to something that you do, you know, relating it to like the piece of gear or, or something yeah. like that, you know, or even a question, you know, what's your favorite platform or the question that you asked me, you know, like what, what do you think – what's a, a platform that you think is underrated or, or something like yeah. that, you know, that's really impacted you? Yeah, that's, that's incredible. So we helped each other out presumably just now because I didn't think about – I love what you just said about QOTD, which is like, and it could be whatever abbreviation that I'm I'm thinking, sure. but in the title, you can put that there. Obviously, yes. you have to create it beforehand so that for that stream, the actual question will come up when someone types it in the command Correct. or in the chat. But that's, yeah, that's that's really, I love it. I think that's much better than, I, can, I think the reason I haven't done it yet is because I'm like, overthinking like okay where do i want the question at should it be like hard coded on the live stream should it be there all the time is it going to be there just for parts of it um yeah i wasn't sure but that makes like a ton of sense it could work yeah yeah and you know everyone's stream is different so you might find a system that works even better for your stream in particular you know that's the way i did it on mine i've seen other streamers do it differently and you'll probably find find your own thing but it's just a a nice gateway to make people like want to be involved you know answering Mm -hmm. something that they're they're passionate about so and you already do such cool stuff that's engaging you know like doing demoing products people love gear you know so asking a question about gear is just uh it's just asking for people Mm -hmm. to interact you know that's so true man they and myself included like someone yeah i saw on instagram today like one of the accounts uh manufacturers had a question something about gear um that i was just like i need to respond to this immediately oh you know what it was it was what we talked about earlier it was like i think it said you know, what size keyboard 
do you MIDI keyboard or, or piano mm. keyboard, whatever do you prefer? Something along those lines. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I have an opinion on this. I was like, let me go ahead and put that in here right quick, you know? Yeah, and yeah, man. And that's so. that's the thing that fuels the conversation because that's I think that's one of the hard things about live streaming too is that it's for a while you're having a conversation with yourself. So mm -hmm. the more that you get from people, then you can start talking back to them. Yeah. In yeah. which they will respond and, and you sort of get the ball rolling. You know, yeah, it's really yeah, hard yeah. at first, but um, yeah, because you can build off that question. You know, oh, this is your favorite type of gear. Why do you mm -hmm. have it? Do you own it? You know, th things like that that can get more mm -hmm. people involved uh, and and coming back maybe. Love it, man. I feel I feel super inspired right now, my friend. Like, oh, me too. Great. Yeah, this was such a yeah. such a fun talk. I, I uh, again, I really appreciate you taking the time to have me on, man. I mean, the feeling's mutual, man. I, I know everyone's time is, you know, is valuable now. So, I mean, these conversations are, I enjoy, I enjoy it more, I think more than you, but it sounds like you enjoyed it a lot as well. But I truly did enjoy it a whole lot. So I, I did I as definitely, well. Well, I enjoyed yeah, it more. Okay, we could fight okay, about this all day. <laughs> okay. We'll call it even Look, for I'll now. take that. I'll, I'll yeah. take that. No, actually, I, I think you might have actually enjoyed it a little bit more. So I'll, I'll, I'll we'll leave it at that. That's I actually, very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I always enjoy yeah. talking to fellow creative people. Honestly, it's yeah. something that inspires me. Seeing people like you mm. doing stuff on platforms. You know, waking up, seeing your wow. posts on Instagram and other creators like yourself. It's. Yeah. I think that's uh, the key. You know, we're all we're all on the same train. At the yeah, end of the man. day, you know. Is... So it's it's. I think it's important for creators like us to talk, and mm -hmm. to try to encourage com similar conversations with other people. And True. that's, that's what it's all about. It's not a competition, you know? No, it's yeah. Far, far from it. I mean, far from it. Yeah. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, man. Um, thank you so much for your time, bro. Hope you have an awesome, awesome rest of the day. And Thanks, man. I'm looking forward to whenever your next live stream is, if you know when it is, you can let me know. Otherwise I'll be checking, but I'll, I'm looking forward to being in the next one. Cause I always love that that moment like you know what i'm saying after meeting the person and then yeah and then going back in it's, it's definitely right right something I look forward different to. lens it's, it's sort fun. of thing yeah totally yeah totally. i'll feel the same way when i watch your stuff i'm like kevin it's kevin <laughs> yeah yeah not court Matt. this is kevin <laughs> aka chronos yes chronos yeah. the og name yeah <laughs> <laughs> my man have a great rest of your day okay awesome man thanks again for your time